Miami tips off for their second game of Las Vegas Summer League later today, so we'll open up the mailbag in the meantime and answer questions about Damian Lillard, potential free agent additions still on the market, Miami's young core, and much more on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On. Eat your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg, and I'm Dave Vermeule. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube. Odyssey or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Really fun show for you guys today. We're opening up the mailbag. It's been a minute since we've done this, but we've got questions about the Heat and how they can mend things with Tyler Hero if it gets to that point. Still available free agents that should be on Miami's radar and the most important role players that the Heat need to try to hang on to in a Dame trade. But let's just jump right in with this question from Luke, who writes in, if a Damian Lillard trade falls through, how can the Heat recover? Good starting place for this one, Dave, because it's pretty broad. Um, You and I don't think that a Lillard trade is going to fall through, so I guess it's important to preface with that. But what do you think? How could they recover in this situation? I think recovery is a lot easier than a lot of people might make it. As much as you'd want to hope as a fan that everything is always hunky-dory behind the scenes and it's one big brotherhood and everything else like that, these players know all too well how much of a business it is and that players can be traded at any point in time. You've got Jaime Jaquez, who's been in the league for about you know two weeks now, and he's already talking about, yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. I see my name out there in trade talks. There's nothing I can do about it. I want to stay here in Miami, but if I get traded, I'll focus on my job. And when it comes to Tyler Hero, a player who's been drafted by Miami, who's been here for the last four years, who has been part of two finals runs and a run to the Eastern Conference Finals, he, I'm sure, has a lot more invested in his time in South Florida. But he's look, he's look already under contract. He's going to get paid. He's going to be able to flourish wherever he goes, but he's probably going to have a different role as the primary or at least secondary score is something that he did not have here in Miami. And given that, I think it's a lot easier to quote unquote mend fences. If he does stay, he'll just accept it, continue his role and and find a way to continue to do his work and everything else like that, because you're always on display. You're always auditioning for 29 other teams other than the one you're on. So if he stays in Miami, he knows full well, he could be traded in a month in a year, in a two years, whatever he's under contract doesn't mean anything. As we're seeing with Dame Lillard, on the flip side of that, as much as me, as Heat fans might want Lillard to be traded out of Miami, the teams can you know, make these trades as well. So they all understand that they're all aware of that. It hurts. There's no doubt about it. But I don't doubt that Tyler is going to be able to focus with a very business-like approach on improving himself this season and being the best that he can be for Miami. Um, We've got questions specifically about the personality part of this um, and the like sort of inter locker room, inter front office, inter team relations part of this. When I read this question, how the heat could recover if they don't land Dame, I'm going to take this in a different direction and just mean like, what else do you do in the off season? If the Damian Lillard trade falls through, yeah, the heat have already lost Gabe Vincent and Max Struess in part because they thought they were going to, because they were going to go all in for Damian Lillard. And they do think that they're going to get Damian Lillard. And I'll say it again, I think the Heat ultimately end up with Damian Lillard, and this entire question is probably moot. But if something happens and Lillard gets traded to Philadelphia or Toronto or just something crazy happens um, and Lillard isn't in Miami next year, there is going to be a big recovery because 
I, I, I don't know what the Heat can do. Free agency is basically dried up. There's a few mm-hmm. names still on the on, uh, on the market that are uh, kind of interesting that we'll get to in a little bit. But like, do you shift to a James Harden type thing? I don't mm-hmm. know. It kind of feels like Harden might just be back with the 76ers. There's a better chance that Harden's playing for Philly next year than Dame is playing for Portland next year. Um, I, I don't know what plan B would be, right? Like, it's, all right, I guess we're starting Tyler Hero at point guard. We mm-hmm. start Josh Richardson, bring Caleb Martin off the bench, and kind of roll forward. Maybe we could find another power forward in for agency. Maybe it's still Kevin Love next year. We got Bam and Jimmy, obviously. That might be it, and then you're just sort of hoping for maybe something to happen by the trade deadline. Because when it comes to plan Bs beyond Damon Lillard, there's just not a whole lot out there. There's just not. And it's it's not a bad place to be in either. I mean, you're looking at the team that I, I understand they lost Gabe Vincent and Max Struess, but you, you I think it's an awful place to be. I, I don't see it that way. I, I think Josh is a competent starter for sure. I think he can give you 15, 20 minutes as a starter, maybe 25, 30, and I think that's fine. Again, as a good defender, as a guy who can knock down the ball, who can put the ball on the floor, et cetera, his skill set is there. Uh, I'm sure he'll he'll be much better this year than he has been over the last few seasons when he was getting traded around from team to team, and he couldn't find his footing, uh, you know, in in that hierarchy of every team. And you've still got Kyle Lowry. Uh, if you start Tyler at the point, maybe that's not ideal. I mean, maybe you go with Kyle again as a starter, and then have Tyler shift to his more natural two position, uh, and Josh comes in there as a backup. You get somebody, maybe another point guard in free agency. I guess Goran Dragic and a reunion there is still possible. I'm sure there's some other names that we'll get to later on the show. Maybe it's not ideal. You know, obviously the, 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 there's it's a not one of the top four teams. It's not one of the top four teams in the Eastern Conference. It's not going into yeah, the they season. They were last year and they were still the best team in the Eastern Conference. They were not the best team in the Eastern Conference. They won the Eastern anyway, Conference. They were they were they were in the play-in tournament during the regular season. They were not by any stretch no the best team in the Eastern Conference in the regular season. And you don't go into the season being like, well, we could kind of be average all season, and then we'll just turn it on and have an historic run through the playoffs again. We could just do that again. No, I think <laughs> you know as much as it was, uh, yeah, we're the underdog mentality and all this stuff. You would rather be the one seed than the eighth seed every single time. You would rather be the one seed. So I don't think it's ideal. And the reason we know it's not ideal is because the Heat are putting all their chips in on the Damian Lillard thing, right? right. Um, and hopefully it just happens and we don't have to worry about this. That said, Andrew writes in, if the Blazers just don't trade Damian this season, mm-hmm. do you think with a few more additions, the big three of Tyler, Jimmy, and Bam can win a championship this season? Andrew adds, Tyler looks shredded now. I don't know if that helps us, mm-hmm. but could help him finishing through contact. Just brief thing on the Tyler hero looks shredded. Let's Must just watch it early until I get like an official like weigh in count yeah. at training camp. I don't care what you look like on Instagram. There was a few years back where Chris yeah. Bosch looked like Alonzo Morning, okay, <laughs> on Instagram. We're like, oh my God, is he going to be a low post score? And he just came back looking like Chris Bosch, which was an amazing player, but he was the same old, he was just the same Chris Bosch. Um, yeah. He didn't change at all. So, Tyler Hero, I don't think he's like doctoring his photos a la Ben Simmons, no. giving himself like huge traps and pecs and, and triceps. But we saw that from um, him last year. There was there were photos of him last year where he was boxing, and it's like, oh, yeah. you can see the, you, the I, development in the upper body. I remember didn't we go to a camp a couple of years ago? Maybe you weren't with the, uh, the, the pod at that point in time, but I remember going to a pod during that summer where he had put on some weight and 
I remember Coach Tony Fiorentino talking about how much weight he put on and everything else like that. And it's like he came into camp and he still wasn't drawing fouls. He still wasn't doing anything different. And yeah. It's been two years since then. Like they put he's on muscle on. during the offseason. They do. And and he's been putting on muscle every offseason. He's eating nothing but Chick-fil-A every single day and just trying to put on weight. <laughs> so I get it. Right, It's a great diet. He treats himself to a milkshake every once in a while too. But I – yeah, let's just hold off on that. That's it. Uh, if the Blazers don't trade Dame, Andrew calls it a big three of Tyler, Jimmy, and Bam. I wouldn't go so far as to say a big three, but I understand the sentiment. Can they sure. win a championship this season? I would say be it's it's a little too late for that few more additions part, right? I don't really yeah. know what else is available like we just talked about. So you're really hoping again on a big leap from Tyler Hero and probably another big leap from Bam Adebayo and for Jimmy Butler to be more what he was in the playoffs more often. Yeah in the regular season so that you don't have to scratch and claw your way to another chance at an NBA finals where you could just make it a little bit easier for yourself. Um, I would say not this season. I don't think that they could win it this season. I didn't think that they could make the NBA finals last year and I was wrong. So I have no idea, but uh, I would say this. I think, I think Tyler hero can be that guy one day. I think this season is a lot to ask, but I think someday in the future, I think the reason why you're going after a guy like Damian Lillard is he's sort of what you're hoping Tyler Hero could be and maybe what you even project Tyler Hero will be, right. but he's that right now. And Tyler Hero's 23 years old. You need a guy who could space the floor, make plays with the ball in his hands, attack a bent defense, score at all three levels, do all those things, and you're not really worried about the defensive deficiencies because you've got Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and Eric Spolstra. So you're less worried about that than a normal team would be. Right. And Damian Lillard is all those things at an all NBA level right now. And that's why you're doing that is to maximize Jimmy's championship window. But if you can't do it, I don't know, maybe you, maybe you shift towards more of a bam at a biocentric championship window. And if that's the case, maybe you just let Tyler and bam hammer out some sort of chemistry the way that we've seen, you know, other big, uh, yeah, man games in the, uh, across the league have. That seems a little unlikely to me anyway. I, I just, yeah. part of the, you know, part of the conversation about why Dane would be so effective in Miami is because he could take that scoring load on. He's shown that he can over the course of his career. He's more than willing to. He's more than capable of doing so. And I think Jimmy and Bam are eager to embrace taking a back seat to let yes. him be that top scorer. I don't think they'll be willing to make that 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 take that seat back to Tyler. Like I, I, agree I think that's you. still a work in progress. So that's I, something I think, would have to happen like, like three or four years down the road, right? Like at the end of this contract extension, because he's 23, he's not even close right. to his prime. Like you just said, Damon Lillard walks in, he's an all NBA player right away. Your number one score yeah. day one, right? Turn the keys yeah. over to him. He's got it. He's driving now. Yeah. I know it's, it doesn't seem likely. I mean, which of those three things, Jimmy taking the regular season more strongly Bam taking a leap or Tyler taking a leap is, is uh, you know, what would you say in terms of likelihood uh, you would rank those? Um, I don't know how much, like Bam's never going to be that guy that could be the number one right. scoring option on a 40-win team. It's just not going to happen or 45-win yeah. team or something like that. I don't think Jimmy's ever going to take the regular season that much seriously. So oh, I yeah. actually think that Tyler taking that leap yeah. is the most likeliest thing. But like I said, right. I do think it's not realistic to expect him to take a leap to that point of, hey, I could be the number one scorer on offense. You and I agree on that. But I do think that one day he could be that. The problem is that you have Jimmy Butler at 33 years old, 32 years old, 
having to win right now. If Jimmy Butler wasn't on this roster, I think the Heat would be happy to just be like, all right, we've got Tyler at 23. We got Bam at 25. Let these guys just do what Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray did and just take years and years of, you know, kind of honing that two man game chemistry right. and let's just ride this through. But because Jimmy is here right now at this stage of his career, you can't really afford to wait. And Bam right now is a top 20 guy in the NBA. So he's good to go at 25 years old. Tyler just has a lot more work to do. But, you know, that's that's the uh, the balance that you're trying to strike in the NBA. Um, when players are traded, what happens next? Do the mm-hmm. Heat maybe owe Tyler Hero an apology at this point? We're going to talk about that next year on Locked On Heat. But first, a word from our partners. Are you finally taking that summer vacation that you've been planning for a while, but you dreaded buying all the necessities before you take off? It's time to stop spending and, and your hard-earned money without getting anything back in return. And that's where Ibotta comes into play. It is a great, great app. It gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. You make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. You can either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and you get your cash back. It's that easy. It really is. You just take a snapshot of your receipt. You get cash back. The average Ibotta user earned $120 a year. That covers the cost of an entire shopping trip. Who wouldn't want an extra 100 bucks in their pocket? Other apps gives you the, the points that you don't amount to much. But with Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out of your to your bank account, PayPal, or via a gift card. So right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Uh, just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the free Ibotta app or use the code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use the code LOCKED. Welcome back to Locked on Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. David is in Las Vegas, and he's going to be there in attendance tonight, uh, Monday night, for the Heat's next summer league game. We'll have our observations and takeaways after that. But we're continuing on here with our mailbag. This one comes from Dim, who writes in, when players are traded, is there any type of meeting with the team or coaching staff to set the record straight? Or are things left as is and agents do all the talking? I feel like between not playing game five of the finals and being in trade rumors, Tyler Hero hates us. Um, <laughs> That's interesting. It's an interesting question. Um, in terms of whether or not, you know, there's a meeting afterwards, nothing official, right? Nobody gets in a boardroom. There's not a Zoom call where you get on and you start, yeah, okay, this is why we traded you and, and PowerPoint presentations. Like, that doesn't happen. Uh, there will sometimes be a phone call from a coach or a front office executive, something like that. They call up the player in this instance, I guess, a Tyler Hero in a hypothetical trade and say, Hey, look, this is the deal. We're trading you here. Um, this is what we're trading for. Here's the details of the trade. Thank you so much for you know your service to the team. We loved having you here. Some platitudes, blah, blah, blah. Good luck uh, going forward. Something like that. Uh, but there's not really like a whole lot hashing out. And I think there are things that are left unsaid, especially if something is a little bit tense or problematic at the end, if it's kind of like an ugly split. I don't know if this counts as an ugly split if it happens, if Tyler Hero gets traded for Damian Lillard. Um, Tyler Hero has pretty much washed away all references to the Miami Heat on his social media, so he's obviously anticipating not being here next year. Um, but I don't know. Uh, usually this is, David, just from like an inside baseball perspective. Like This is why you get that interview after the player is traded. 
the really like kind of anticipated interview. What's he going to say about his former team? We just saw this with Jordan Poole gave his first public interview with, uh, as a member of the Washington Wizards. He had some things to say about his time with the Warriors and how his tenure there ended. Um, so you get sometimes you got players that get their shots off in those kind of media settings, and then you get obviously like if it's a if it's a really problematic falling out and split kind of messy divorce kind of thing. You'll get what uh, Brian Curtis at the Ringer calls um, the "now you told us" story, where after the after that player is traded out of that locker room, no longer part of the organization, all the leaks come out, and you get that reported story about inside the last two weeks of Russell Westbrook's tenure with the Lakers or whatever it's going to be, and then you get all all this all the the bleep gets uh, thrown at the the wall there. You know the rest of whatever you got that you couldn't say while Russell Westbrook or whatever player was around, and uh, the smear campaign, in other words, is what kind of happens i don't think that would happen here with tyler hero i think the heat have loved their time with tyler hero it just so happens that he's not jimmy butler he's not bam at and he's their best trade asset and if they're trying to make a major upgrade he's the way to do it it sucks that he's always in trade conversations and in trade rumors um but i don't know do you think that he hates miami do you think that there's like that level of ill will obviously he, yeah. he has to be bothered by it but like hate is a yes. strong word no I, I don't think there's any hate there i mean he's comfortable here uh, you know, he's fathered his kids here. He's grown as an NBA player here. He's gotten paid here. So I, I think on many levels, he was happy here. Uh, and he's probably frustrated seeing his name in trade talks, not just this year, but last year with Kevin Durant and, and at various points throughout his career. So I don't think it catches him as, as any surprise. And I think as much pride and ego as each NBA player has, and it's necessary in order to be in the NBA, at the end of the day, he can take pride and say, hey, I was traded for Dame freaking Lillard. Like, right. I, I mean... It's not like you were traded for a lesser player or anything else like that. You weren't traded for cash considerations or a second round draft pick or anything like that. They didn't uproot you and your family uh, to go somewhere else for, you know, something, a lesser player or You're not or, a salary know, dump. Like, yeah, it's a right. great point. That's a great point. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I got rumored to be in a Kevin Durant deal and I might get traded for Damian Lillard. Like these are two guys right. on the top 75 list. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think there's that. Uh, uh, you know, I don't think there's any. There's no call between the front office to try and explain their position, especially not when you're acquiring Dame Lillard. I, I don't think there was any call. I'm not reporting this, but I, I wouldn't even think that there's any call between the team and his agent saying, look, we're looking to trade him. Because it's not, again, like right. it wasn't something that they were they needed to do. It was just something that came up in order to acquire a better player, a great all-time great player. And that being the case, it's not like, okay, we want to accommodate your trade request or look, you know, this summer is going to be a little tight. We're, we don't have the kind of money. We've gotten uh, the edict from on high that we need to clear cap space, et cetera. So we're probably going to look to engage in some trade talk, et cetera. So there, it, it's not good, like there's... I want to, I want to yeah. stop. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think it's yeah. a really good point and I want to stop there. There are situations where, okay, look, ownership said we need to cut costs. We're in the second tack, whatever it is. Uh, let's work with the agent to try to find a landing spot for X player to salary dump into a place. So the agent starts calling teams. Hey, what, what he, he has uh, other clients and free agency. He has an idea of what kind of cap space these other organizations are going to have. That does happen. But in this scenario, it's, this is not exact. That's not what's happening here. It's, Hey, we really want Damian Lillard. And unfortunately it would just probably take Tyler hero in order to acquire Damian Lillard. Um, all right, let's move on to this question. Uh, from Tay, who writes in, with all these rumors around Dame, Miami, Portland, and everything that's being said in the media, would it be too much of a stretch to think that this deal has already been closed and the teams and everybody involved is just playing it up to make Portland look less like bad guys? David, what do you think? No, I don't think so. I, I think uh, 
just from the team perspective and from the player perspective, not that that matters really, because again, these players get traded all the time uh, and they're seen as assets more often than not. They just want to get a head start, but I, I don't think anything's been finalized. I don't think Cronin is telling people in whatever front offices are involved, if it's a multi-team trade, hey, guys, can can you please not leak anything or share anything? Because I want to look like I've done my job here. So right. that's not how it works. They're, they're just dotting I's and crossing T's here. It's necessary to do the little steps here and there to get the things on the fringes of this deal that will make it happen for everybody. So it's not like they're just holding off on this to save Cronin's job or anything like that. Cause 29 other teams don't give a damn about Joe Cronin's job. It's, I mean, right. they do solids for each other all the time. It's like, okay, we could do this. We can do that, but not this, not like from Miami's perspective, why would they want to do that? If they could announce like today that they acquired Damian Lillard, like they exactly. want to just get it done. They're not, they're not having Nikola Jovic and Jaime Jaquez and whoever else might be traded out on the summer league team, knowing that they're going to get traded well, without telling them, et cetera. And missing out on key free agents like Dario Saric just signing with Golden State, who's reportedly interested in Miami. Like, you know, why would you wait if you can go ahead Good and make point. your other moves on the roster? Um, you're right. Nobody, this isn't happening. The deal is not done. I think everybody across the league anticipates that Lillard will be wearing a Miami Heat uniform next season, but there are still TBD portions of this. Who's the third team? What do you need a fourth team? Could there be as many as five teams involved? Where is Tyler Hero pl playing? Because it doesn't seem likely that he's going to be playing in Portland. And the Trailblazers, if they're going to take Tyler Hero, you might as well just reroute him now in a major in, in a in a larger trade package that nets you all the first round picks or whatever it is that you're trying to get back. So there are still parts of this trade unresolved. That much is for sure. I just think most people assume that however the trade ends up shaping out, it's going to look like it's going to end up with Damon Lillard in Miami. It's just everything else other than that. Excuse me, I just hit the microphone. Everything else other than that uh, is very much in the air. This part I will say in terms of the conspiracy, I love the I love an NBA conspiracy theory. Um, this would be the wrong way to play it if that's what you did anyway. Um, if you're really going to play up this conspiracy theory, you needed to get that second team involved or maybe that that fake meeting with this other team X to make it look like there's more of a bidding war because right now the people the, the people who are so upset by this, they are most upset because there is no second team. There's not a list of preferred destinations that the superstar usually puts together uh, in the event of a trade request. Damian Lillard named one place, Miami. And people don't like the fact that this feels a little bit like an NCAA-style transfer portal. That's what people don't like about this. They don't like that he signed the long contract and is now trying to dictate where it is that he wants to go. And I get that, right? So I like the biggest problem, the biggest hole in all of this, the biggest problem in this plan was that Damian Lillard just never named a second destination. If he did like what Kevin Durant did and said, hey, send me to Phoenix or Miami, people are like, okay, yeah, we get it. Brooklyn, that's not going anywhere anytime soon. You deserve to get traded. If Damon Lillard just said, hey, trade me to Miami or Brooklyn, I think people would be like, okay, yeah, we make that makes sense to us. But the fact they said, trade me to Miami, period, when his agent is out here saying it's Miami or nothing, period, that's the biggest problem that people have. So if we want to go full conspiracy theory, I think this is the way you do it. If you're Damon Lillard, you come to the, you come out and you leak. You know what? Actually, I am warming up to the idea of playing in Salt Lake City or something like that. Or you know what? We're taking a meeting with the New York Knicks to see what they could cobble together. And then people will be like, "Oh wow, look, it's a bidding war now." But none of that stuff actually happens, and you just get traded to Miami anyway. That's the way to do the conspiracy theory if you're going to do it right. Um, all right, what's our realistic time frame for a Damian Lillard deal? We're going to talk about that next here on Locked On Heat. 
Thanks again for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Every day, as we will be back tomorrow with our takeaways from Monday night's uh, summer league game for the Miami Heat. Let's move on with our mailbag here. Uh, Marcos writes in, what's a realistic time frame for a Damian Lillard deal, in your opinion, if it doesn't happen, do you, do you see him staying in Portland or actually being traded elsewhere? David, what do you think? So I, I'd say probably within the next week or so, like I said before uh, on yesterday's podcast and, and, and reiterated today, I, I just think that there's just too much that's been built up at this point. And if anything, they're just trying to put in the, the finishing touches on this deal. There's probably a framework. Uh, we've heard it could be as much as a five, six, seven team deal. Who knows? It's just about making sure everybody gets what they want and getting everybody on the same pages. These things are very, very, very complicated. You just can't just it's not just as simple as, oh, this for that especially in a, in a deal this big because there's a lot of different potential players involved here. And players, I mean, by franchise, there's a lot of different teams right. that want something. A second-round pick, uh, you know, taking taking something off the board, taking a, a future pick, uh, you know, a player, maybe a, a lesser player, just to, to make a salary dump move. It depends on what every team involved, a potential team involved, wants out of this. So I, I, I think it's still just a matter of getting everything taken care of. Uh, again, so much buzz around town is just, oh, Dame's going to get traded sooner rather than later. I think that's still the case. I would expect something to get done within the next week or so, just because uh, Joe Cronin's expected to talk today. Even uh, he's talking to reporters probably within the next couple of hours here in Las Vegas to address everything. I'm sure he'll be asked what the holdup is. We'll probably get some clarification from him at that point in time, but he's not going to say too much. He can't offer too much about that. Right. Uh, to the second part of the question, as far as after the time frame is concerned, I do think that they're more likely to trade him somewhere else. Like he may just be frustrated with the whole situation and say, Miami wasn't open. They weren't willing to include X. They couldn't budge on that. They couldn't get right. this. Uh, and if that's the case, we're going to go ahead and move forward. Who cares? If Dame's unhappy, that's up to them. If we look like, you know, we, we wind up with egg on our face because we make Dame unhappy, we'll take that chance as long as we get five future first round picks and young players in, in exchange for a player of Dame's caliber, they're not going to keep him. Dame's not going to be happy. And I know a lot of people, even reporters on this show, have come on and said, oh, Dame's going to report wherever he's on a roster. That's likely to happen. I don't think that he's likely to report to camp in Portland already saying, I can't do this. I don't want to continue to do this. His stock's not going to drop if he holds out for some time. Right. And again, you've got a couple of months before the start of the preseason to make something happen with Brooklyn or Oklahoma City or San Antonio or any of these other potential partners that might have a better trade package than Miami does. Um, I agree with you. I don't. I, I think that it's over in Portland. And let's not forget this, by the way. In all of the the hoopla and the and the, the anger surrounding this whole situation, the Trailblazers want to trade Damian Lillard. This isn't a team being held captive trying to do something that they don't want to do. Right. This is a a team that has wanted to trade Damian Lillard. And that was reported. And everybody was like, they're a little split. They would like to keep Damian Lillard. Joe Cronin. We're going to try to build a contender around him. He said all these things, but guess what they did? They never even tried to build a contender around Damian Lillard. They kept the number three pick. They took Scoot Henderson. They, during the season, traded Josh Hart, a good player. Not a, you know, not going to swing the championship in your favor, but a good veteran player who knows how to play basketball, who's of Damian Lillard's age uh, or around there. They traded him for a draft pick. 
that's a that's a move that a rebuilding team makes. That's a move that yeah, imagine if Miami imagine if Miami had traded Caleb Martin in February for like a second round pick or something like that. Like yeah, a protected like, first round pick the way that they traded Josh Hart for, and you're like, wait, what? Why are you doing this? And obviously, are you you're tanking on this it. season? What's going on here? Yeah, I mean, I'm and, sure Jimmy would have been happy with it, et cetera. Right, and so this is a team that was making all the moves with the idea of trading Damian Lillard in mind. So let's not just sit here and pretend that they never wanted to trade Damian Lillard. Even if that's what they're saying publicly, their actions speak much louder than their words. Okay. So they want Damian Lillard doesn't want to be there, but more importantly, they don't really want him there. I understand that they want, they don't want him specifically not there. They want to trade him and get the stuff back that they want. I understand that, but that's what they want. They would rather have the first round picks and the good young players to, to surround Shaden Sharp and Scoot Henderson with instead of Damian Lillard. And we know that because that's exactly what they've been doing this entire time. Uh, lightning round to finish this off. How's that sound? Good. All right. Terrence uh, writes in, with Caleb Martin having the ability to opt out next offseason, do you think that the Heat will be able to pay him the money that he will command? That's the question. The player option that Caleb has after this year, $7.1 million in that final season of that three-year contract. Um, if he has a great year, he probably would opt out of that deal. And in terms of whether or not the Miami Heat are going to pay him, I think it just depends. What kind of season does he have? What kind of money do they have left after a Damon Lillard deal if it does happen? And more importantly, I think, David, who do you have left maybe that's there to backfill? Do you have to trade Jaime Hawkins Jr. in a Damon Lillard deal? Or do you still have him? And is he somebody that can backfill Caleb Martin on a rookie-scale contract as opposed to having to pay Caleb $12 million a year or whatever it might be? So I think that's what it would come down to. What about you? Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Everything you said was spot on the money. Uh, I, as far as like Caleb's own wishes, he, I'm sure he'd love to stay in Miami. Uh, you always have an affinity for a place that helped you and got you the opportunity and paid you in the first place. But if you can go out and get more money, everybody's going to take it. And that's just the nature of this. Like he has not gotten paid to the point where he could just say, you know what, I'm willing to take a, a friendly hometown discount or anything like that. that that's not the case. He's going to get what's likely to be his first big contract. If he can get the same similar contract that Max Struess got, et cetera, and we saw that how that played out, Gabe, Max, nobody was knocking on their doors to bring them onto their rosters, but they both got paid over $10 million a year as free agents this year. And so that being the case, I'm sure Caleb will take that opportunity if it presents itself. The only thing that could change that, I think, is a potential injury. You never hope for that to be mm -hmm. the case. Um, one of the best value contracts in the NBA right now, Caleb Martin. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Two years running. Yep. Johnny writes in, which Heat player aside from Caleb would you want to stick around when the dust settles on a Damian Lillard trade? Aside from Caleb? Because that, mm -hmm. that would be at the top of my list is Caleb Martin. Um yep. Wow. Uh, I'll go and say, I think Duncan Robinson, actually. Ooh. I think you're going to need, especially Bold if thing. you have to trade Tyler Hero. Like, Damian Lillard's not enough three-point shooting by himself. You're going to need another three-point shooter to come off the bench. I thought the way Duncan Robinson played in the playoffs was awesome. He was better than Max Struess, who was the one that just got paid. Um, I know that Duncan Robinson's salary looms large on Miami's cap books. They probably would like to trade that at some point. But right now, I don't have a problem with it. By the way, it's only partially guaranteed in the final year of it, so the Heat can move off of it relatively easy after this season. Um, I would like to have him coming off the bench. He kept his fouls low during the playoffs, only averaged like one foul per 36 minutes, which is about right where you want a perimeter player. Um, yeah, I think Duncan Robinson's my answer. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When I first heard this question, I thought to myself, probably thinking along more of the lines of the young players, but Duncan 
fits so many areas of need there, especially with the loss of Max Struess. You need to have at least one qualified super elite shooter, and Duncan fits that bill. For all the problems that Heat fans have had, that's just basically in context of his contract more than anything else. Like That hasn't diminished what he can do as far as a shooter and you know the, the way he spaces the floor. He's still a respected player around the league. So, yes, Duncan, I think, is certainly the case. Uh, having said that, I, I think my second player that I'd like most is probably Nikola Jovic. I just think the upside there uh, is unmistakable, and he just does so much for his size, the way he can bring the ball down, make plays for others, and eventually even perhaps provide some more of that floor spacing as well. Super guy 454 writes in, what's one free agent you would like to see on the Miami Heat? I'm going to just go out and say Christian Wood. And I'm not really a Christian Wood guy, but he's kind of the best free agent available. He's got the highest upside. And if you do get Damian Lillard, I think having another floor space or another big guy who can rebound and, and, and kind of create some positional versatility, that could be really valuable. And just sort of as a basketball fan in general, just sort of interested what the Miami Heat could do for a guy like Christian Wood, who has been maligned in every basic, every situation he's been in, every team, it just hasn't worked out. Questions about his commitment, questions about his defense. Just curious, with a guy with his skill set, his base-level talent, could the Miami Heat get the most out of him? I'm curious to see that. So I would go Christian yeah. Wood. What about you? Yeah, I, I think that's basically it. Like everything, everybody else, there are some decent players out there. Grant Williams is signed with uh, Dallas, of course. Uh, other decent players that could fit like an obvious role might even be starters on this team. Uh, are restricted free agents, so they're not really options because Miami right. can't really offer much, and whatever teams it currently has their rights would probably match those offers, so that kind of takes them off the table. Aside from that, you've got some older players, even maybe a couple younger players there, but no like no players that really seem to have as much potential. Like If there was one thing about Caleb, and I remember when he was first added to the team, uh, I remember you told me, oh, you, you seem to be high on this guy. I was like, oh, yeah, he's got the athleticism. Of that there was no doubt. He's a swing player. A guy who can get, you know, drive to the basket, can cut baseline, can finish the shooting touch kind of off and on. That's still the case of, of who he is even today, but he's just improved in all those marginal aspects. I don't know that there's a player like that, 24, 25-ish, that's had an opportunity to showcase his talents at the, uh, in the league and just hasn't had a good opportunity. There's just not a lot of names. Wood is absolutely the best. Other than that, you've got older players that are still looking for another chance. Like I said, Goran Dragic. Quick list. Yeah, I, yeah. Terrence Ross, TJ Warren, Jamichael Green, Terrence Davis, Danny Green, Darius Baisley, Goran Dragic, Kemba Walker. That's the list Baisley, that I had when I got Baisley this Baisley is, is, a, is a good thing because he does fit that. He does have that skill set. He's big enough. He could he could potentially even be a starter at the four for this team. That's just how it's worked out for Miami because he's, he's long. He's got a big enough frame. Miami will get him to that next level. It was just kind of overcrowded in Oklahoma City with young players with potential. And he just didn't have that opportunity. So I, I think – uh, a Miami would certainly help him take that next step in terms of his development. So that's a potential name, but it's Christian Wood, Baisley. And other than that, I, I, from that list, I don't know if there's anybody else that really even yeah. stands out. Um, the Jermichael Green thing is interesting in that yeah. it's always sort of like, oh, he's a floor spacing big man. And then you get him and you're, and you're like, ah, he's not really that much of a floor spacer. He's very streaky as a shooter. Um, defensively, I'm surprised there's a lot Miami of hasn't there. called. I'm surprised yeah, Miami well, hasn't called. There are apparently a lot of players like like Dario Saric and even maybe even Christian Wood waiting yep. for this Damian Lillard situation to play out. Uh, I would imagine maybe even somebody like TJ Warren is like that a little bit. I don't know. I, we know that the Heat are calling free agents saying, hey, please wait, please be patient. But Saric, Malik Beasley, who they were trying to do that with, he signed with Milwaukee. There's only so much patience that those guys have. How much patience does somebody like Christian Wood have? 
is interesting. The Heat right now have 13 players under contract on the roster. That's not including the two-way guys. Um, that could be less if a Damon Lillard, if it's like two players or three players get shipped out for Damon Lillard, you can even have in fewer than that. I would expect the Heat to carry 14 players, not the full 15. I'd expect them to carry 14 going into next season, considering how much they're already paying uh, in overall payroll for this roster. So they're going to have one or two, maybe even three other spots to fill out um, if and when a Damian Lillard trade gets done. And then just another reason why you would prefer something to get done on Dame sooner rather than later if you're the Miami Heat. But we'll see what happens. Uh, you know where to tune in when something does break for all the latest news, for all the latest updates on Damian Lillard. Tune into Locked on Heat. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Every day is David still in Las Vegas. We're going to be back tomorrow with his observations on the Heat's next Summer League game Monday night against the, the Summer League Suns. So hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. David, stay cool out there in, in the desert. <laughs> I saw a tree catch fire. It was this hot out there. Like a palm tree on the side of the road just burst into flames. That's not something you see every day. <laughs> well, you don't burst into flames. You just you make sure <laughs> you don't do so. that. All right. <laughs>